Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and issues and missions that impact both the missionary and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello once again, Tony. As always, it's good to be with you. And as we go forward in our podcast topic today, I think we have one that is really going to hit home with both the churches and the missionaries. And I mean that literally. It's going to hit home. Because, Very clever. Because we're going to be talking about missionary etiquette when you're staying in someone's home mm. or in maybe a church's prophet's chamber mm-hmm. when, when you're visiting that church. Yeah. You would think some of the things that we'll cover would be things that are just commonplace with a lot of people, but unfortunately they're not. Even I remember over 20 years ago being in candidate school and um, my wife sat through a class here um, in candidate school that uh, Mrs. Ray, uh, wife to Dr. Ray and one of our former general directors and presidents taught on uh, really like etiquette and personal hygiene and all. And my wife came away from that thinking, I thought most everybody would know that, but was surprised to find out a lot of people don't. That is so true. And I have talked with pastors who have hosted missionaries who have found out that not all missionaries know good, proper etiquette. I have been one of those pastors (laughs) and hosted some of those people. Well, as we get into it, it is true that many times when a missionary is coming in, either for a meeting, maybe a Mm -hmm. one-off meeting or a missions conference, that they're hosted oftentimes by families of the church. Mm -hmm. And it really is a good thing. I know at first some people may like buck against that, just thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't want to stay in someone's home. But it really is a great blessing to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. We're going to obviously get into some things in the nitty-gritty of it all. But I can say that when I was on deputation, and then even now as Mm -hmm. I travel around as a field director going to missions conferences and stay Mm -hmm. in homes— then I could say it's a privilege. It's a privilege sure. for me to be with them as they open their home, mm-hmm. as they kind of honor me as a special guest and trying to take care of me and mm-hmm. taking care of my needs. But there are some things that I can do, in a sense, to help that situation, help with the etiquette yes. of it yeah. all. I agree. I do know that uh, when you're on the road, uh, sometimes a church will put you up in a hotel and you're kind of excited, oh, a hotel, a private place to stay for a while. And sometimes there are people who are reluctant to stay in a family's home um, because of the horror stories that either they have heard about or if you've been on the road for any length of time, you've experienced at least one of them. Uh, But by and large, in... um, you know, 20 plus years of of doing this and being on the road a lot, I have found that really it is a privilege to stay in somebody's home, as you mentioned, and that the outcome is just tremendous. You make mm-hmm. a connection with the family that really builds a friendship for a lifetime. We've got friends from over 20 years now that we we formed that friendship because they opened their home to us and let us as a family uh, on deputation stay in their home. God just blessed that. And, and we really do count it a privilege when we get to stay with a family and also think about the, the potential to influence a family for missions. And if you're at missions conference, that's what you're supposed to be doing as a missionary. We talked about that in our last episode. This isn't part three of that episode, but it does kind of dovetail in. And how do you make a great missions conference come 
come about, and one of those is be a great guest. Yeah, it's even kind of a biblical thing because we see mm-hmm. even in the record of Third John, mm-hmm. Gaius is complimented by John sure. because he says, you took care of those who are traveling through. Mm-hmm. And that was the hospitality, yep. that people were coming through, they needed a place to stay, someone to take care of them, and Gaius was someone who mm-hmm. was known for doing that. So mm-hmm. going way back to the early church, this has kind right. of been a pattern, and yep. it still is today, even in 2020. Yeah. Yep. There are some things definitely, though, that uh, we can do, missionaries can do to help the situation. Absolutely. And so I think there's kind of two places most people stay. One is profit chambers. Mm -hmm. That would be a kind of a home or maybe a room that's often connected to or nearby a church Mm -hmm. that they say, hey, here you go. You can have this. Oftentimes, the many profit chambers I've stayed in, that they are maybe one bedroom, like a hotel style type of room, Mm -hmm. maybe at most two, but Mm -hmm. oftentimes just one kind of hotel style room. And you get to stay there in the church building. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's some things about that, you know, some yeah. some kind of things that missionaries can do even while they're on their own in mm-hmm. that prophet's chamber. So yeah. let's talk about some of those. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I just just today actually booked uh, a stay in a prophet's chamber. Uh, that church calls it their church apartment as opposed to prophet's chamber. And it's a place that we have stayed before. It is very comfortable. They have actually two bedrooms and a kind of a kitchenette, dining room, living room, all combined into one. It's centrally centrally located to the place where we're going to have some meetings coming up. And the pastor is always super, super gracious to let us stay there. And it's kind of come and go as you please when we're there. We have a key. It's private. And it really is a tremendous blessing. But we don't take that for granted. And there are some things that we do to express our appreciation to the pastor and to the church. Uh, For example, uh, I wrote to him today and I said, you know, I know that we're staying a little bit longer than we would normally stay. And I want you to know that if there's anything that we can do to help the church, and that means during the days, uh, maybe do some work projects. I know the last time I stayed there, I power washed the whole front of the building. And I was pleased to do that for the church. I knew the pastor didn't have the time. So I just said, hey, if there's something we can do and we can work it in our schedule, let me know. We're going to be there long enough that hopefully we can do that. Something else that we do is, especially at the prophet's chamber, I kind of try to figure out, they never ask us for anything, but I try to figure out what is my stay costing the church? Uh, What I mean by that is there's an increase in the water bill. There's an increase in the electric bill because we use either heat or cooling while we're there almost always because it's up in New England. And so the climate requires either heat or cooling almost all the time there. So at the end of our stay, I'll always write a check to the church, not a huge check, certainly far less than what it would have cost me to stay in a hotel room during that stay, but something that says, hey, thank you, and I hope that this covers at least some of the costs, maybe goes a little bit beyond. But again, I just want to express my thanks and appreciation for that place that they have provided for me. I have talked to pastors who have had the horror stories of people who have uh, put on the air, you know, for all day in the air conditioning in the room all day, left the, the uh, lights on in mm. the place all day. Maybe they've at the TV and so on and so forth. Anyway, there's a, there is an expense to, to that, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. And 
A church, of course, is going to pay that. But when they see like a substantial increase, mm. wow, this is some, you know, we can tell that the meter is a bit higher now than sure. t- normally would be. Well, that leaves a bad taste. So I think what you're, what you said is an excellent point. Trying to compensate. Yeah. You'll never do a dollar for dollar thing. Mm-mm. And nor does a church really want you to do that. But mm-hmm. they want to just see that, hey, you're trying to, trying to be very considerate and mindful yeah. and mm-hmm. not take them for granted. Yeah. And that leaves a good taste mm-hmm. in the in the the thoughts yeah. of the the church. Yeah. I think another thing you can do is to make sure that you have left that place better than when you arrived if you can, at least as good as you found it. That means making sure it's clean, making sure that you take time in your schedule and when you're on the road you have a busy schedule, you have a tight schedule, plan it in advance. When we stay, uh, again, especially at a profit's chamber as opposed to a private home because some of the logistics are different, mm-hmm. I know that this this place that we just booked today, I know for sure that it is the pastor's wife who maintains that that room or that apartment. So she goes in and cleans and does all that. Well, we have let them know in advance, look, at when we arrive, we'll take care of any cleaning that needs to be done. Please don't do that. And when we leave, we make sure my wife and girls, myself, will go through the entire place. We'll make sure the wash is done. My girls will literally, you know, on their hands and knees because that's what's available for you, uh, the tools to do it. But they, they'll clean the floor. We make sure that uh, we leave it as we found it. And we remember to turn the lights off during the day too too, because, you know, somebody is paying that electric bill. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're staying at a profits chamber or you're staying at someone's home, I think there is equally the importance of, as you said, just keeping things clean, Mm -hmm. even during the day, even though it may be the place that you're staying. Mm -hmm. You don't know if someone maybe from the church is going to come through and just kind of maybe pick up the rubbish and and clean the bin out or or see if there's dishes to be done. You know, there's some caring people who want to be hospitable. And so you have to have that mindset of, okay, I have to keep this room clean just mm-hmm. in case. Because yeah. you and I have both, even as in our prep and talking about this, mm-hmm. we have heard stories of people who leave that that room that they're staying in a mess. Even they, in somebody's home. Yeah, because yeah. they just think, well, this is my room. This mm-hmm. is the room I'm staying in so I can leave things messy in a mm-hmm. sense. But then people come in, and it's just like, oh, wow, what a bad testimony that leaves. Because that gets back to the pastor, whether it be (laughs) the person cleaning the prophet's chamber or whether it be the person hosting you Mm -hmm. when they walk in, maybe to make Mm. sure you got fresh towels. You know, there's any number of reasons. So you have to make sure that you keep that room clean. Yeah. I mean, treat it like... It's somebody's, somebody else's property because it is. Um, get up in the morning and make the bed. Make that room look neat all day long. Just take care of it as if it didn't belong to you because it doesn't. Just really, uh, that's just one way to show your appreciation. And whether you have considered it or not, a failure to do that is really something that somebody's going to judge your character by. And whether that's fair or unfair, maybe you've had a busy week and maybe it's been a difficult time and maybe you're traveling on a on the road and you've got a couple of kids. And this has all happened to us as well. You've got maybe one or two kids, you're traveling, you're on deputation and you are staying in somebody's home and they're gracious and let you stay in their home, but they only have one bedroom. So it's you and your wife and the two kids. You know what? You still have to go out of your way to make every effort to treat that place 
in a way that shows that you are thankful and that you are taking care of somebody else's property and home that has allowed you the privilege to stay there. Everyone typically says, make yourself at home, make yourself at home. (laughs) Well, actually, no, (laughs) because I don't clean up every single thing every single day at Mm -hmm. my home. I mean, I live in a nice clean home, but it's not- I've seen your office. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, you know, one of those things where every day I'm cleaning out the the tub and cleaning Mm -hmm. out the sink. But if I'm at someone's place, Mm. that's something I'm very mindful of, that if I'm brushing my teeth, I'm making sure there is no toothpaste stain left (laughs) at the bottom of the sink. If I've taken a a shower, I'm making sure I just, things are clean. I've Mm -hmm. hung my towel up and to dry and all those things because I want to leave it even better than Yep. What I would be at home. Right. That covers part of the etiquette, but there's a lot more to the etiquette, especially staying in somebody's home. And maybe we transition a little bit here and focus on when you do stay in somebody's home as opposed to the prophet's chamber. There's some other things that you're going to have to consider to keep up that good etiquette. And one of those is just the scheduling of being in the house, when you're going to come and go. Communication is key. Don't assume because you're staying in a church member's home that they are aware of every detail of the schedule of the conference you're in. So take the time to go over that with them and let them know when you're going to be in the home or when you're maybe not going to be in the home. If they're going to be out, is it okay for you to be in the home? I've found that more times than not, the first thing a family will do with me is hand me a key to the Mm -hmm. house. But you still want to show that respect and say, you know what, here's my schedule. I want to make sure that my schedule revolves around your schedule and not the opposite way. Absolutely. And I think particularly it's super important that you do that when it comes to meals. Mm -hmm. Because if if the communication between the church and the host family hasn't happened, and, Mm -hmm. and let's just be honest, it doesn't happen all the time. So that host family may think, okay, we're going to feed the missionary for the dinner tonight, mm-hmm. but then the pastor may have made some other plans. Mm-hmm. And so there is just that communication that you have to have with your host, like, hey, I'm not going to be here for dinner tonight. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going out with the pastor or going out with whoever, fa- what other family of the church he's assigned mm-hmm. me to, and so don't count on right. me being here. Mm-hmm. Or And just letting them be mindful of that because— Again, more often than not, the families that I have stayed with, and I think this is pretty standard, they want to do their best to host you. They want to, mm-hmm. what do you want for breakfast? Mm-hmm. And they're asking you, do you want do you want eggs, and do you want this, and do you want that? Well, I don't eat much for breakfast <laughs> at all, yeah. but they want to give you the full thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe the pastor has you meeting him at 9 in the morning, so you can't do that. You just got to yeah. communicate. Communicate your food schedule yeah. with, the, with yeah. the family. Yeah, and then be mindful of their schedule in the sense of maybe the pastor does have you scheduled to go out to dinner, and sometimes that happens after the evening service. Uh, work schedules, somebody's going to take you out to dinner, they're going to do it after the evening service, and it's not your host family. It's important that you communicate that with them, but then also be mindful of what time you come back into that home. Don't stay out fellowshipping with the the family that took you out to dinner till 11 o'clock at night, especially if that host family has to get up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning like a lot of people do to go to work the next day. Sure, they give you a key to the home, but if you've ever had any guest in your home, you know you don't really fully go to sleep and get real rest until everybody's in the house and you know the house is secure. So just be mindful of that. Alongside of that, sometimes we travel. I think you and I have an occasion to do that uh, 
pretty often where you might travel alone and mm-hmm. your family can't be with you and you arrive and they're going to put you in somebody's home. Well, as a as a man going into that home, there are some other things you should be considering alongside of just this etiquette stuff we've talked about. And one of the things that I, you know, I'll make a habit to do for sure is I want to ask the husband, what is his work schedule, especially, especially if the wife stays at home or maybe the wife leaves for work, maybe both of them work and she leaves a little bit later. I do not ever want to be in that home when it's just the wife that is home. I want the couple to be there. Even if it's the wife and the children, mm-hmm. I'm not going to find myself in that situation. I was Maybe, just going to add know. that part to it. I really um, was. <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure that I don't ever put myself in a situation where I can ever be called into question. And uh, I actually had a church. Uh, I was at a church years and years and years ago where I was going through that practice and I was I was literally getting up because the man of the house got up at like four o'clock in the morning if I can remember correctly to go to work this was a brand new couple a brand new Christian couple and they were so excited to have a missionary in their home and I asked him what time do you leave and he said four o'clock and I said well I'll get up and leave when you leave and he said oh no you don't have to do that my wife will be here she'll make you breakfast and all and I said no I would prefer and I didn't go through all the details I just said you know it it would be better for me to just go when you go I'm I'm an early riser that's true anyways i am and uh but not four (laughs) o'clock not not if i don't have to (laughs) not if i don't have to please no (laughs) and so i would go and at that time i was driving a conversion van and i would literally go down to the walmart and find a parking spot in the back of walmart and go to sleep for a while again (laughs) i take my shower at night and i'd go into walmart brush my teeth do my morning stuff in in walmart and and the church some of the church staff got a hold of that and made fun of me for that i was really taken aback my response to them was i don't believe myself to be any more righteous than Joseph. And Joseph found himself in a bad place because he was in the house yeah. when maybe he shouldn't have been. Yeah, it's it's being mindful. And look, I could tell this num- number of times that I sat in a parking lot at a at a Walmart or I've sat in just killed time at a Starbucks or something. Well, that's not always bad. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> I'm using the Wi-Fi. <laughs> but because of that, trying, trying to be mindful and trying to make sure that you don't put anyone in an awkward situation, because as missionaries, there should be a heightened sensitivity to some things that the average person really may not yes. even consider. Mm-hmm. In their day-to-day mm-hmm. life, I don't know if they're truly considering all of these things, but we really have to maintain our testimony and may not put it into yeah. any question whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's being mindful of things like that. Talking about being mindful of schedules, you know, work schedules, when they leave, food schedules, when they eat. I think also just when's the shower schedule? Yes. yes. Because that's an important thing Mm -hmm. to know, hey, are all these people getting up in the morning Mm -hmm. to take a shower? And you don't want to, especially if they're going to work, Mm -hmm. you don't want to cut in on their shower time because they Mm -hmm. got a normal flow of how they go about doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll take my shower at night. Right. And just kind of coordinate. It is a mm-hmm. great question. I, mm-hmm. I, there's not a house that I have been to that I have not asked that question. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just ask, what's the shower schedule? Right. You know. Now, of course, if I have my own bathroom, I'm not asking that, where I can have that. But if there's a one kind yeah. of community shower there mm-hmm. that everyone has to use, yeah. well, I'm definitely asking that yeah. question because I don't want to impose on them and mm-hmm. and ruin their schedule and their time yeah. flow that they have. Yeah. 
speaking about those things that that may seem like little things, um, you mentioned earlier. Most most families are going to say to you, "Make yourself at home," and you said, "Don't." And I agree with that, not completely, because at my home, I I um, I might sit on the couch a little differently than I will in somebody else's mm-hmm. home and put my feet up in a way that maybe I wouldn't do in somebody else's home or whatever the case might be. Uh, one of the things that we've learned to do is in that living room setting because there's going to be that fellowship time, hopefully, with the family. And a lot of that time happens in the living room. Sometimes it happens around watching a movie with them or something, or maybe it's a game or mm-hmm. something that you play with them. I love that fellowship time, but we kind of watch and try to take note, where do they sit? Because in my house, probably like most guys, I've got my seat. (laughs) (laughs) And if a guest in my house sits in my seat, I'm not going to say anything. But as a guest, I don't want to take somebody else's seat. So you just kind of watch where do people sit in the house and make sure that you choose a different seat. So that that can still be theirs. That's another question I usually ask. I would say more often than not, I'd be like, all right, let me just find out who's, where's dad sit Mm -hmm. normally? Yeah. Because yeah, you don't want to take it, even though they're more than gracious. They're going to be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Sit wherever. Mm -hmm. But I just want to let them sit where they're Mm -hmm. comfortable and where they normally sit. I know that they're going to give it up for me, Mm -hmm. but I don't want that. I want to, I could sit anywhere. So it's just being mindful. It's, it's the very little things. And again, I know somebody listening may go, come on guys, this is not rocket science. Everyone knows this. Well, again, if you would just only believe us (laughs) that there are so (laughs) many families who travel to churches, prophets, chambers, and homes, Mm -hmm. And they do not do these things, these basic things. I can guarantee you that everything we have just discussed is has either come to my mind because I have noticed that somebody didn't do it or I've been I already was doing it, but I have already been made aware as well that somebody wasn't doing that very basic, basic stuff. And you think it's basic, but you know, what's the old saying? Uh, common sense isn't so common. You know, that's kind of how it is. And so uh, for better or for worse, another another point of etiquette, what happens if just going through your day-to-day routines in the house and you break something? What do you do? Do you hide it under the bed and hope they don't notice? (laughs) (laughs) I've never done that. (laughs) You sound like you're a veteran of doing so. I am a veteran of observation. (laughs) Well, I have had a pastor call me about a missionary staying in a home where they broke something. Mm. And the thing that bothered the pastor most was that that missionary never offered to make things right. Mm. He never said, hey, let me pay for that, or or even that kind of repentance repentful spirit apologetic like oh i'm so so sorry what let me right. pay for that or let me mm-hmm. see if i can repair it whatever it may be but just that mindset that that heart attitude to try to make things right mm-hmm. and the pastor when he called me he was just so upset not at them breaking something mm-hmm. but the fact that they never made any effort to try to make it right yeah and it was just mm-hmm. sort of like oh sorry you know just that kind of as a kid would say sorry with no meaning behind it at all. And that that bothered the pastor. Yeah, Yeah, it it all comes down to, I think, a mindset of one of two things. Either we recognize 
they're being gracious, they're going out of their way to help me, I want to be appreciative, or the complete opposite and wrong mindset, I'm entitled. Mm-hmm. I'm on the road. I, the, I'm kind of, oh, this is the least they can do for me. Give me a place to stay after all I've traveled all this way. It's a completely wrong attitude. And uh, these are just some of the ways that we can say thank you to our guests. We mentioned maybe leaving a check behind for the profits chamber at the church that hopefully covers at least their cost and maybe a little bit more uh, just to say thank you. I've never met a pastor who wants that. In fact, I've learned that I leave that when I leave yep. in a way that they can't den- they can't say no because most of them will say no. So I'll leave it behind in a place where they'll find it later. Yep. I think the same thing with your, your host family. Yep. Uh, leave them a gift card. Leave them a handwritten note that says thank you. Maybe you put your prayer card with that so they'll remember to pray with uh, pray for you. One of the things that we've done uh, is that uh, on a conference, we'll f- especially for the last conference night, if we're going to have that free, we'll ask the family, would you please let us, what What do you like? Most families will like one of two things, Chinese or pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and those are easy to take home and take back to the host family. Mm-hmm. And we'll just ask, you know, can we please bring pizza back? Can we bring Chinese back? If it's something else, that's fine too. But usually those are the two things that everybody defaults to. They're easy to carry out, get back. Where's your favorite favorite pizza place? Where's your favorite Chinese uh, restaurant? Let us bring that back. Maybe it's some other food. It doesn't matter. But again, don't expect that every meal has to be provided for you. It's a great way to say thank you to your host and give your your host the night off from having to cook and prepare the extra meals. It, it it means the world when when the missionary offers to do such. Now, it may be rejected, hmm. but boy, there's something unique when the missionary asks. I remember very quickly a story where I was with a pastor staying in his home, and we were going to go out to eat at a restaurant. And I said to the pastor, I want to take care of this. He said, oh, no, no, you're our guest. Let's, we'll take care of it. I said, no, pastor, you have done so much for me. The least I can do is pay for one meal. Hmm. And, and, and of course, he you know, argued against it, you know, that friendly argument. No, 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 hmm. no, really, I, I, I don't want you to do that. And, but I said, look, and this was a supporting pastor, and I was back on furlough. And I said, you have been so gracious to me over all these years. You have done so much to me. For me, the again, the least I can do is pay for one meal. Hmm. And and he finally kind of yielded. But he said to me when we were sitting down and eating, he said, that's the first time I've ever had a missionary offer to pay for my meal. Wow. And and I just thought, you know what? That's sad. It because is. we mm-hmm. do have a mindset that just says, okay, we're your guests. Mm-hmm. We expect the, 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 the church to feed us. We expect mm-hmm. the church to host us and do all these mm-hmm. things. And I can understand why that happens, but there always should be a sensitivity of, you know what, let me see how I can be a blessing to them, mm-hmm. to the people who are open their house to me, to this church who's allowing me to stay here mm-hmm. for a day or days during a conference or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me offer to do something for them, whether it be providing mm-hmm. a meal, leaving them some some uh, money for the expenses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go in with a mindset of I want to be a blessing rather than just Oh right. great! They're hosting mm-hmm. me! Yay! This yeah. is great! Yeah. And and I think that really can make a difference. It. Mm-hmm. I know I will never forget mm-hmm. that pastors just. You could see true joy of like wow mm-hmm. that you did this, and there's there's just a simple yeah. meal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's 
even even little things alongside that you could um Maybe, maybe you're at a conference where the pastor's bringing everybody, all the missionaries out every night, time and again. And I've been in those conferences where the pastor's bringing everybody out time and again. I've pastored. I recognize that most times the pastor's paying with a card that the church has issued to them. But you might just on the side say, hey, pastor, would it be okay if I leave the tip for this mm-hmm. meal tonight? And just, uh, you know what, my... My experience is that most pastors are going to say absolutely not. Right. But again, it's the gesture. And and hopefully you do it with true sincerity in your heart and genuineness, not just because, oh, I remember this podcast where they said I should do this. <laughs> it really needs to become a mindset as missionaries where we are just thankful that people have gone out of their way to, to choose on purpose uh, whether there's long-term support, at least for those days we're with them, they are partners in the ministry. And we should really just be thankful that we've had that opportunity to to be together with them and to serve with them. Hopefully, it becomes a long-term relationship. Sometimes it doesn't uh, with the support side. But I've learned that you can still have a long-term relationship mm-hmm. just Absolutely. by that. It's not a cliche. You need people praying for you more than you need people supporting you financially. You need them both, but uh, that prayer support should never be underestimated. And that really only comes when you build relationships with people. It's some of the highlights of, of the, the traveling. Traveling is hard. There's no doubt. And we, we'll do an episode on just the rigors of traveling one day across the country. But even now, sitting here 20-something years later, I can think mm-hmm. of families whose homes I stayed in. Mm-hmm. And, and that, those are the meaningful experiences that made that traveling much easier mm. and kind of like a respite. Yep. You know? And it just was a bomb to the soul when you connect with these folks and they're being gracious to you and you truly can respond back. Boy, what a great experience that allows for both the missionary and for the host church, or family. Yeah, well, believe it or not, there's a whole bunch more of etiquette we could cover. You guys are out there thinking you guys have covered all the basics. I wish they were just basics and everybody had them down uh, and that we could just go on and talk about other things. Uh, But uh, hopefully this is helpful to you, um, and we hope that we can connect with you. You can check out our show notes on ways that you can communicate with us. Check out the website at BIMI.org and look for the media page there. If this is a help and a blessing to you, share this podcast with one of your friends. Until next week, God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.